And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. Delighted to have a semi-filled podcast tonight. There's only half of us here. So there is, uh, we've got uh, Brian Kelly on the left. We've got David Rispin, but there's a, a big void here to the right-hand side of me. Um, you know, feeling emotional. The, the big man is not here with us, Mr. Kieran Flynn. Um, had a meeting tonight with the county board and... Uh, he, uh, he just wasn't feeling up to it afterwards, uh, David. He wasn't feeling up to coming in the, in the podcast. He said he was going to be busy. Yeah, it's a funny one. I, I think he, I don't think he was at the hurling games at the weekend, and I think he, uh, he was terrified to come in here knowing that we weren't going to cover for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Kelly, can you elaborate on that maybe? <laughs> yeah, um, rumour has it he was spotted out and about over the weekend, but not necessarily in Park Talchon. Um, not far away. Though. No, not far away. Maybe a little bit farther down the street, but if you type the air cut of where he was in, it just wouldn't bring you up to the top of Bruce Hill. <laughs> so uh, maybe, look, he said he's busy. He's a lot of work to do after the county board meeting tonight. Like, you can make your own mind up, folks. We think he's just uh, in hiding. Yeah. Oh, love Ireland, love Ireland. Do you, do you want me to turn it on for you? No, yeah, <laughs> do you? Do you think he's on Love Island? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could be auditioning for I Love Island. That's what it could be. He's talking about Kira, not me. <laughs> I know. Oh, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, look, that's, that's I suppose, the, the trivial stuff done with. Uh, there is a void here. We don't have Mr. Kieran Flint tonight, so we will be giving you the hurling results. We will be giving you the hurling tables in his absence. We just won't be giving you the... The, the full rundown of the games. That's the the only thing. Uh, we will have a review from one of the hurling games that took place in the weekend. That's the Pallerlahan final where uh, the Mead Miners were taken on Carlo. Um, we'll also be reviewing the ladies' uh, senior football team playing in the Leinster Intermediate Final against Wexford on uh, the weekend. Uh, we'll be reviewing, as we said, and giving you the full results and tables from an action-packed weekend of senior hurling championship in uh, in Mead, there was intermediate and junior hurling as well. But I'm afraid I don't know enough about hurling to to go into that. So I don't. There'll also we'll also be um, previewing the Airgrid Under Twenty Leinster Quarter Final, where Mead will take on Offaly tomorrow night, Tuesday night, the second of July in Park Tolchin, and obviously the big one, the qualifiers draw, was done this morning. Live on RTE, and um, I suppose looking at the four teams that Mead could have got, um, I suppose Clare, 
probably would be the one that you'd fancy the most. But it's it's, it's a Clare team that is playing really, really well at the moment. And uh, we will come back to that later on. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with a review of the ladies' uh, intermediate Leinster final where Mead took on Wexford. Mead lost on a scoreline of 110 to uh, to Wexford and won it to Mead. This game was shown live on Facebook, um, a great initiative there from the LGFA, and uh, Mead will now go on to play Tipperary in uh, the next part, the Group Two Round One of the Len- of the All Ireland series uh, proper. So, David Rispin, I believe you uh, were in touch with um, some. Some ladies. No, I mean, you were in touch with... That's an uh, awful thing to call Tom O'Connor. <laughs> in touch with, not touching. <laughs> in touch with, not touching. Uh, Tom O'Connor, uh, the Ashburn man. And uh, he, as always, duly obliged and, and has a um, a bit of a, a rundown on the match for us. He's another ladies' man, yeah. So, Tom, yeah. He's another actually... ladies' man? <laughs> Are you suggesting or agreeing that you're no, a ladies' no, man? Is you're... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Tom literally sent me, he didn't send me much now, as he said himself, it, it kind of wasn't um, a game to write home about, but he just says there wasn't much to report on the ladies' game, but he says it wasn't a great game and performance, um, especially after two easy enough wins in the quarterfinal and semi-final. He says, though, there was good performance from, from Emma Duggan, Kelsey Nesbitt, Orla Duff and Monica McGurk, as usual, making two top-class saves. He went on to say then, because I followed it up and I just says it was a disappointing one, I caught the last five minutes myself on that stream, um, and I thought Wexford finished really strongly compared to me. Then he said, yeah, you can't take away from Wexford. They, he said they showed up really well, and Mead are much better than that, and, and they can be much better than that. Um, he says maybe they possibly had it too easy in the league and probably in the first um, two rounds of championship, um, and, he, and he was surprised they looked so tired. Possibly, you know, the lack of a test maybe, uh, you know, went against me in, in that sense but yeah. you can't really take it away from Wexford they deserve their win on the day Um, you know you, you'll probably come to it, it me they're still in the championship and that so th- you know it's not as if all is lost but um, there is a lot of improvement to be made clearly yeah and, and from uh, from listening to other people talking about uh, uh, the permutations and whatever apparently losing the Leinster final wouldn't have been such a bad thing. Um, although you do always want to pick up silver, pick up silverware. Um, losing it meant that they were probably going into an easier group or something. That's what I took from uh, Fergal Lynch the way he was talking about it. So, um, all is not lost, as you said. They do go through now to the backdoor system or through to the group system before uh, it goes to semi-finals proper, I think. Um, and Mead's first game will be against Tipperary, who will be well fancied in this uh, uh, in this intermediate championship, Brian Kelly. Yeah, and as any Mead supporter who arrived into Park Ring early for the Mead and Cork game in the league this year, they would have seen Tipperary ladies play in Cork. And they have some excellent footballers. Uh, chief among them is Ashling Maloney. Yeah, fantastic footballer. Like, Exceptional talent, two-footed. She scored a goal that night that had to be seen to be believed. A long ball came in and she just rose above the full-back and got a brilliant fist to it and into the top corner. She didn't know it was in the back of the net until she heard the roar from the crowd because she was facing away from the goal. Mm. She's a fantastic player and she's going to take some watching when Mead play tip. Yeah, I think that could be now. Maloney is the one that I would recognised the most because she was an all-star in that as well. Uh, uh, Arla is the girl that 
Brisbane would notice the most because she was a blonde. He doesn't like the <laughs> he doesn't like the redheads, <laughs> no. All right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's yeah. a camogie player as well, yeah. is she? Yeah, she's a jewel star. Yeah, she's a jewel star. I love the camogie, you know. Yeah, and hurling. Oh, absolutely. So, We're so coming back to you for the hurling. Don't worry. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So on, I suppose on the on the day on Sunday yesterday, me just had probably a lack of scoring power. Emma Duggan carried the fight with a goal and three. Of that was two points from play, and other than that, they only scored three more from play. Well, the two girls that you know got, uh, that are gone to America for the summer, you know, uh, Stacey Grimes and um, Neve Galogli and Neve Galogli, like they're they're two big they are well, to that team. Galog- it's a strong panel as well. It's it's, it is, but it yeah had another big loss on over the weekend. Avian Leahy from Navanamahani's yeah. um, the Leahy family suffered a tragic loss over um, with her mother passing away, and our mm-hmm. sympathies to everyone in Navanamahani's and in particular to the Leahy family. Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult um, when you when somebody suffers a loss like that, and you've again the next day to fully focus. I know they would have liked to do it for Avian. She was a huge loss in her own right as well. So when you add her into Stacey Grimes and Neve Galogli, and then from the team that they had last year in the championship, you're missing two more forwards in Marion Farley and Neve O'Sullivan. So there's only so much firepower you can take out of a team until it's severely weakened. Yeah, but the the, the standard in Mead is quite high, and, and, and they do have some quality footballers. Um, and you look down through the forward line, you know, uh, Vicky Wall was there, Kelsey Nesbitt was there, White... O'Byrne, uh, uh, Duggan, uh, Lally, you know, they're all, you know, big names in, in the ladies' scene in Mead. Well, they are. Like, Lally was a full-back last year, so she's playing as a wing forward today. Probably mm. not maybe a natural forward, so that lessens maybe some of your score and threat. Like, a fantastic footballer, but not maybe a natural forward. Um, Orla Bourne is a great workhorse around the, the pitch. Again, not sure she's a, a real player who'll score three or four points a game for you. She'll, if you like in the men's game she, the type of Paul Galvin role from back in the day up and down the pitch breaking up play that type of wing forward maybe mm-hmm. so just scoring wise if you took Emma Duggan out of it they obviously, oh, yeah, they obviously held yeah. Kelsey Nesbitt target her as the goal yeah. threat kept her fairly quiet so outside of Emma and Kelsey the scoring threat just didn't seem to be there on Sunday yeah, um, hard luck to the Mead ladies. It was a great weekend for Wexford, um, winning the minor hurling, I think it was, winning the uh, Leinster minor hurling, the Leinster hurling, and then the Leinster ladies intermediate. As there, we take a bite of the strawberries. We ta- as we take a, a bite of uh, not-so-Wexford strawberries, um, these would be, uh, I suppose, bully essential, uh, mm. so they would, uh, uh, strawberries. But, um, yeah, so a good weekend for Wexford. Disappointing. For the Mead ladies losing out by two points in the Leinster final, but all is not lost. They do go through to the next uh, part of the uh, Intermediate Championship. And as we said, they face uh, Tipperary next. There's no date or venue confirmed for that, but in the coming weeks, we will bring that to you. Um, we're going to move on now to the Mead Minor Hurlers. They were playing in the Paddlehan final. They took on Carlo and Park Tolchin last Saturday. I think uh, Carlo had beaten them earlier on this year. Is that right, Brian Kelly? Yeah, and Ca- it, Carlo gave them a bit of a licking in round one at Leinster Championship, something like three seventeen or three eighteen to one three. Yeah, so they um they did do the double on Mead, winning the Paddlehan final on a scoreline of three seventeen to Mead's two goals and twelve. So an eight point victory there for um uh, Carlo over Mead in Park Tolchin, but. 
you know, a spirited display by the by the Mead lads, considering the previous meeting of the two teams. I was actually it was a very good display from the Mead team. Um, at half time, it was one nine apiece, and they were playing some exceptional hurling. Probably first ten minutes, they maybe just didn't get the few scores that their play deserved, but they stuck at it and. Like really, they got a, a goal early on in the first half from Luke Horan, which it probably had an element of luck to it. But at the same time, you have to make your own luck in these games. If it's not in the right area, it has no hope of going in. James Murray in the middle of the field and Horan, they were putting in a huge shift in the full back line. I thought Gavin McVan was playing very well. He was really tight, tenacious cornerback. Um, his man doesn't get an inch on him really in the half forward lane Justin Kine Justin had missed some of the earlier part of the year and he was back with a bang on Saturday he was actually outstanding his, his work rate was huge and he was always there for a, an out pass for a player if he was in trouble and like the great news for them from his point of view is he's minor again next year and like Kline of a real star coming in the likes of him but James Murray then he was the captain this year and he was a minor last year and he scored two sideline cuts in the second half on Saturday, which if Joe Canning did it, they'd be raving about on the Sunday game. I were hoping to get the video highlights of them to throw up on social media during the week because they really deserve to be seen by everybody. There were two sideline cuts of the highest order and he just underlined the talent that he has. As soon as we get those, we will bring them out on social media. We'll bring them out on Twitter. Follow the Mead uh, GA um, official page there as well and they'll be putting them out and we'll try and get them up on uh, uh, as many social media sites as we possibly can. Um, it's great that uh, Mead hurling is on the rise again. You know, with the Christy Ring uh, Cup being won only last week by Mead and then the Mead Minor Hurlers having such a good year. Okay, they had one terrible result earlier on in the in the championship, but they uh, have come back strong and uh, with w- with the progress that's been made, you need these players to get as much exposure as possible and uh, and and hopefully push on and while stay in the John McDonough Cup as we said before and then push on and try and and win it at some stage. So we're going to move on now to review the. Club Hurling Championship um, and uh, go through all the results from the weekend. I know I said earlier on we were going to do the Senior Hurling Championship only, but do you know what, lads? I was just having a look down at the results and I said, do you know what? Feck it, I know enough about hurling. And I'll, <coughs> I'll talk intermediate. Can you pronounce all the I'll talk intermediate hurling. If I struggle with the pronunciation of any of the clubs, lads, you just let me know. There's clubs there that I've never heard of in my life because I'm only a footballer. So, the Intermediate Hurling Group 2... The championship there, it was uh, Kildalki 6-22, Kilmessen 0-3, Rathmaline 3 goals and 12, Kilskir Myla 3 goals and 10, a two-point win there for Rathmaline, and uh, Kiltail 10 points, Trim 9 points. So that leaves Kildalki, Rathmaline and Kiltail all with uh, two points from uh, the opening round, Trim, Kilskir and Kilmessen all uh, sitting at the bottom of the table with no points. In the Intermediate Hurling uh, Championship Group A, um, the results, Wolf Tones, three goals and 18, Dunhamer Ashburn, one goal and 12. And I'm just looking to see if I have, um, if I have uh, Kieran Flynn's uh, predictions from that's last why, week. That's why he's not here. Yeah, that could be why he's not here, actually. I'm looking for his predictions. I know I Do you think the down. predictions showed up that he knows sweet F all about Harlan? Well, if I had the predictions, I could I, I could he d- uh, he back that up. He definitely tipped against Longwood. 
I remember him tipping against Lampard. Oh God! If I only uh, look, I'll find I'll find his predictions at some stage, and uh, we will uh, come back to them and see. And actually, I was chatting to Neve Burke from Longwood during the week, and she said that was pinned up in the dressing room all the other night. Like they said, they really wanted to. Oh, prove, I thought you to prove the a point. Of Kieran Flynn was no, 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 no. That, that's the Love Island Kieran Flynn you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, coming back to intermediate hurling championship group A, Clonmacnoise one twenty one, Dundry one fourteen, a seven point win there for Clonmacnoise. Drumree two fourteen, Gail Column Kill. 12 points and that leaves Wolf Tones Drumree and Clonmacnoise all with two points after uh, the opening round of the Intermediate Hurling Championship we're going to move on then to uh, Senior Hurling Championship Group B and the way that the Senior Hurling Championship works is that the the top one team isn't it from Group B or top two the top two teams in Group B goes through to the quarterfinals. Through to the quarterfinals. And the top team from Group B goes into Group A for 2020. For 20, yeah, exactly. So, and then, uh, does that mean that all six teams in Group A go through straight through to the quarterfinals? No. If I remember correctly from last year, the top two go straight through to the semi-final. And yes. the third and fourth place teams play in the quarterfinals against the two teams from Group B. Cool, and we'll uh, we will and uh, naturally then the sixth team from Group A goes down to Group B for exactly for twenty twenty and if there's any problem with that, Kieran Flynn will um uh, sort that out for us next week. So anyway, Group B of the Senior Hurling Championship Round One, and uh, only two games played here. It was Trim three twenty three, Kilmessen three goals and twelve, Nafina three goals and eleven, Blackhall Gales two goals and thirteen. The Navanomanis and Boardsmill game was um, called off due to a bereavement in the O'Matanese club. Um, in the Senior Hurling Championship Group A, so that leaves Trim and Nafina on two points after uh, round one of the Senior Hurling Championship. In Group A, it, um, it was Kiltail and Kildalki playing in the big one, and that was on uh, Thursday night in Park Tolchin. Kiltail came away with the victory here, 122 to Kildalki's 15 points. Longwood took on Kalyan, and it was 120 to uh, three goals and 13. Um, that looks like a one-point win there for Longwood. And then it was Rathoth, 121. St. Peter's Dunboyne, three goals and 14. So um, I'm just... A one-point win one for point victory well. for Rathoth as well. So that leaves I think Kildale. that was Dara Kelly, the mid centre-back, who scored that winning point. Because I watched the closing stages of that on the Chronicles Facebook coverage. Oh, they were doing it live. Yeah. And that leaves Kiltail, Rathoth and Longwood all on uh, two points after round one in Group A. So, um, obviously, in Group B, you've got the Boardsmill and Navin O'Matney's game to come. There was controversy over one of the hurling matches. I see there was a, a one-point win for somebody or there was a draw or something. Is that right, Brian Kelly? Well, officially, it was down as a one-point win for Nafina. But um, I see the PRO, I presume he's the PRO from Blackhall Gales, was um, claiming that it was slightly different. I think he was claiming it was a draw. There was a controversial point in injury time, I think, at the end of the game. A Hawkeye not used, no? No, um, trim of good facilities, but they just don't have Hawkeye. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, there were nine points down at half-time, Nafina. There were, like, and um, Hall. You'd think we're home and hose at that stage, but whatever happened, whether Black Hall collapsed or whether Nafina were like Lazarus, it's hard to know. But fair play, Nafina dug out the win on the return to the senior ranks. 
That is the question on everybody's lips at the moment. There's not a household in Mead who doesn't know about this travesty that took place in the Senior Hurling Championship. And Brian Kelly, we need Kieran Flynn and Schrod- Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> Schrodinger's cat was getting involved in this one, and rumour has it Schrodinger's cat is from Kildaki. <laughs> well, look, um, that is for obviously the Hurling County Board to um, rectify, and uh, if there is a maybe a video of it, they might be able to do something well, about it's it. It's actually Kieran's beloved friends, that his darling CCC, who'll have to investigate that after ah, issue. CCC, we do love the CCC. We're going to move on now. That is the Hurling Championship review for uh, this week. Um, probably a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter than usual, but um, don't worry, all our Hurling fans out there, Kieran Flynn will be back next week to talk absolute mo- muck. So you will uh, to all of our avid hurler list, hurling listeners. Um, you know, <laughs> we're only having a bit of crack. At the end of the day, it, it, it the the lads are, are out there training hard, and we look want to see them doing well. And uh, Kieran Flynn will be back next week with his expertise. We're going to move on now to the Airgrid Under Twenty Leinster Quarter Final, and uh, that sees Mead pitted against Offaly. That game takes place uh, Tuesday, the second of July. That's if you're listening to it, uh, it's going to be tonight. If you're listening to it straight away when I put this podcast out, it is now Monday evening at about, what are we, about 10 o'clock. By the time I get it edited and the whole lot and loaded up on, uploaded onto uh, the interweb, it'll be uh, Tuesday morning. So if you're listening to this, it'll be tonight. If you're listening to it on Tuesday morning, obviously. If you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday, you probably know the result. So, you do. Um, so anyway, we're going to move on. And Brian Kelly, you're going to name the team for us, I believe. I am indeed. In goals is Andrew Beakey from St. Column Kills. The full back line is Sean Ryan from St. Peterstown Byne, Robbie Clark from Screen, and Cottle Hickey from Sanchelstown. Half back line Owen Harkin, Dunsany, John Keane, Summerhill, and Oshin Martin, Dunderry. At midfield is Liam Bourne from St. Peterstown Byne and Keane McBride from St. Dalton's. Not Cartoon. Not St. Dalton's Cartoon games? No, oh not, no, no, not yet. Yeah. Right. Half forward line is Matthew Costello from Dunshockland, Keane Swain from Clannagale, and Dahi McGowan from Ratote. And then the full forward line, Jordan Morris from Nabar, team captain Connell Ahern from Ratote, and top of the left, Luke Mitchell from Dunshockland. Excellent. And uh, I suppose uh, looking at that, David Rispin, um, you know, they're actually going into this game with the bookies as underdogs, which is you know, which is quite surprising when you think of me taking on Offaly, uh, mm. and especially at underage level. Yeah, we Brian and myself are, were just talking about that off air. That um, it is a bit unusual, and Mead's form. I know it hasn't been ultra competitive games, but it has been a little bit iffy. <clears throat> but in fairness, they've been missing lads to leave and certain injuries and and things like that. So yeah, the first round of the development <clears throat> league that they played in in. Uh, 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 Played in their yeah. what, whatever six weeks ago, it's five Monaghan, weeks ago yeah. against Monaghan. You know they performed really well against yeah. Monaghan. Then they went out against Down. Down and they were, they were quite poor, to be fair. Like, but a, with a lot of changes to that team. Yeah. So, and then so their I, last game was against Antrim, was Arma. it? Arma. Yeah, and we, we no one knows how that went. <laughs> but um, look, at it's it's a completely different ball game. You know, it's straight knockout. It's proper championship football. And to be fair, I think you have. You have as much as your your strongest team. We were just saying it like when you have the luxury, you're nearly the embarrassment of riches to leave someone like Aaron Lynch out of your your forward line, and he's yeah. on the bench tomorrow night. It kind of says it all. But, um, but like the the 
the midfield they have tomorrow night as well. Like you have Liam Byrne back in the team alongside Key McBride. You're, yeah, your your fellow teammate. Y- y- no, no, no. <laughs> a good Key friend, but not a teammate. Key McBride. That, no, that's only in his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind playing with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is staying in. That is staying in. Continue. <laughs> But you also have you also have two big men in the half forward line, and Keane Swain has been playing in midfield alongside Keane McBride, and you actually have the luxury of putting him on the forty now. And Dahi McGowan, another six foot plus man and, and wing forward, so you have four great options there for kickouts. And I'd expect me to try and dominate the midfield sector and then build a platform from there. Um, you do even in the absence of the Lynch, you still have serious forwards like Luke Mitchell and. Jordan Morris, you know, who's, who's playing this level, I think, for the second second year, isn't it? And, and Connell Hearn, too, who's probably one of Toad's main men at senior mm-hmm. football. So, it, you know, they, they have a serious full forward line. It's just if they can win enough ball in midfield and get it in, I've no doubt they'll do danger. But, you know, awfully have to be re- respected, as we've said already. Yeah, but Brian Kelly, um, they have to be respected as they're going in as favourites. But what's given awfully this favourites tag going into this game? Um. I can't just remember how off he did at minor level two years ago, but talk big talk about this team. Anyway. There is, there's a Keen Johnson, I think is his name, was doing really well for Offaly in the Auburn Cup last year. But Offaly have a rule in place where if you're eligible for the under twenty grade, you can't play championship for the seniors. Right. So he would so you be have to play under. Yes, he would be on the senior team if he was allowed to play, but he's not, which is a bone of contention with some people in Offaly. Listening, I was reading Pat Nolan's Twitter last week. Pat's a journalist with the Irish Daily Mail or Irish Daily Mirror from Offaly, and he said their forward line was electric. They played, they had a around one game last week, so they've had a competitive game under the belt. That's probably why it's sponsored by Airgrid as well, is it? Hey, could well be. (laughs) Sparks might fly tomorrow night. <laughs> Go on, so the, fa- the fact that they've had a game under their belt going into, into tomorrow night is probably a huge help because they know their team they've had a competitive game together Mead had that developmental league but they never had the same team out two games in a row mm-hmm. so it's been a while since this Mead team maybe has actually had a game together looking at the team they, mu- they must have identified that awfully have a small enough defence because Dahi McGowan and Keane Swain are two really big men in the, ha- in the half forward line so you'd be thinking they're going to target them maybe as extra options from kickouts, and maybe on occasion drift one of them in towards the square for a long ball in. Um, full forward line is really dangerous. Jordan Morris, Connell Hearn and Luke Mitchell, there's huge scoring potential there. Like Connell scored something like 4-7 in a senior championship game earlier in the year. Yeah, He's the team captain, so he's going to look to lead by example. They've scoring power plenty. There's a few notable names not starting. We've already mentioned Aaron Lynch. You've Carl Finnegan as well. You have James O'Hare, young footballer of the year in the county last year. He's not starting tomorrow night. Harry O'Higgins, another last year's minors. Sean Bannon, like there's huge talent not starting tomorrow night, which yeah. shows that it's a really good bunch. So hopefully people get into Park Talch and get behind them. Yeah, it'll be great to see uh, this under-20 team uh, getting the support they deserve. And um, going in surprisingly as underdogs into this air-grade under-20 Leinster quarter-final. But... Uh, so there's one thing we know about Mead over through the years is they love underdog tag going into a game. So hopefully uh, it stands to them tomorrow night. We're going to move on now anyway. Um, and best luck to the under-20s uh, tomorrow evening. Don't forget, it's to- tomorrow night or tonight, whatever time you're listening to this, 7.30, Tuesday the 2nd of July, get into Park Talchin. 
you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. Move on now to Mead versus Clare. Um, round four qualifier to get to the Super Eights, uh, taking place next Sunday, uh, two p.m. in Port Leash. And uh, lads, you remember going down to Port Leash earlier on this year. Um, David Rispin, it wasn't uh, the easiest place to get in and out of, and it's a double header again. And guess who's going to be down there? The Dubs. Yeah, the dubs the again. I, I can't see them bringing as many though. No, uh, this time round. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is. I, I think it'll probably suit us. Like we we've had a game under our belt there, and it kind of it was probably the performance. It was the best performance of our um, of our championship campaign thus far. You'd have mm-hmm. to say really, um, on on the. The basis of it, but look, at, I, I'm I'm not getting too excited, but I mean, you have to you have to be happy with the draw. Like, you have to you look, you look at who you could have got, right? And, but that's and you're, you're from a Cavan perspective. You, you could have got Tyrone, you could have got Mayo, you could have got Leash, and you could have got uh, Clare. We couldn't. Have we got couldn't Leash. Have got Leash. Yeah, but they yeah. were the four teams, yeah. so you could have got Mayo, Tyrone, or Clare. Yeah, and um, 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 somehow we managed to pick. Uh, the three teams now okay on current form and uh, so Mayo are depleted a lot of injuries um, and not playing too well but still got a good win against Armand on the weekend yeah. so you'd probably fancy your chances against them Tyrone we owe them one from last year but they're still a division one team so are Mayo Clare are a division two team mm. so and they, yeah they stayed up by the skin of their teeth and we, we went down and although we didn't hammer them we comfortably bet them in Ennis as well I yeah. know it was a game that we had to win and, but they, they had to win it for different reasons too and just from looking at the highlights last night and I, I just kind of was following the Westmead and Clare game on, on Saturday and I didn't really realise or Sunday I didn't really realise how depleted Westmead were yeah like they they lost their talisman and captain Jerry Egan who's been fantastic for them all year yeah um they lost Ronan O'Toole and John, John Heslin Heslin to Black for, Arts. five minutes for Black first, Arts. First 10 minutes, them yeah. lads were gone. And yeah. Clare actually, you know, went into Still it. Still struggled to win it. But there were five or six up and Westmead pulled them back. And and by the by the full-time whistle, Clare were literally clinging on. And I think it was a Gary Brennan-inspired Clare. Yeah. Which it more often than not is. In the last three minutes, you know, yeah. going into injury time. Um, pulling, <clears throat> pulling the ball out of the air and pulling them out mm. of the... Out of the uh, uh, out of the ditch, basically, mm. you know, and and getting. he does it so often. And look at him in a couple of scores as well. He's so and, good, and so did his comrade in midfield. I don't know what's um, uh, O'Connor, Carl O'Connor, exactly. So they they have they have two you know powerhouses of midfielders, big men, but they also have decent players um, in the forwards. Uh, Cleary is a very good player, and you know Tuberty is one that we always talk about. But I think Tuberty is a forward. He's like an old school full forward. You know, he's not gonna. <clears throat> He's not gonna, you know, he doesn't have this blistering pace. He's more of a cute kind of footballer, mm-hmm. and I think that'll suit Conor McGill. He's, he's, he's yeah, not he's, gonna. He's come, a target man. He, he is, but he's very cute in that he, he, you know, he picks his runs and he's kind of always on the loop. He's ne- he's never gonna, you know, skin two or three lads and, you know, take it around the keeper and, and blast it into the net. He's not that type of player. No. And and in fairness, we dealt with him extremely well in the league campaign yeah, yeah. or in the league game rather. Um, so I'd I'd be very confident to. 
you know, handling him again. I doubt he'll he'll like to come up against someone. Well you look you look you look at the, the Clare team now and the Clare team picks itself, mm-hmm. you know. Um it's very settled. They've actually throughout this year, Brian, they've become household names. You look down through them like Stephen Ryan and Golds, Gordon Kelly, a Corden cornerback. I'm just picking the ones that stand out for me. Um Killian Brennan, Gary Brennan, uh Aaron Fitzgerald, Malone at wing forward, Carl O'Connor at midfield with Gary Brennan. Uh, Sean O'Donoghue and then Tuberty. Now they're just the ones that you kind of look at and you go, well, right, they have all become synonymous with with Clare. You just know them uh, players, you know them names, and you hear you say, oh yeah, he plays for Clare or whatever. So that's something they've got a really settled team. They're winning, um, and this is something that they alluded to on the on the Sunday game as well. Is that the beaten provincial finalists have just tasted defeat for the first time. And these teams that they're meeting now have have come through the qualifiers and are on the back of a few good performances. Do you think that that's something that you know we we should be worried about, or how do how does Andy prepare the lads for this game? This is a massive game and a massive opportunity. But if they don't respect Clare, we those players that we've named out, those household names that uh, are are associated with Clare football now, they'll damage you. They will, and they're experienced players too. Yeah. Like they've been in the All Ireland quarter final only a couple of years ago, and only for the fact that they've been unlucky enough in the last three or four years to draw a Kerry in round one in the Munster Championship practically every year, they could have ended up in the Munster final here or there. Yeah, like they actually gave Kerry a fair fright this year below in Ennis, and they had a corner back. It must have been Gordon Kelly, I think, who held David Clifford fairly well. And he's done a job in Clifford two years in a row. So if you're doing a job in Clifford, you're doing something right as a cornerback because it's a very tough task to do. They ha- like Mead, Mead supporters will maybe look and say, well, we gave them a hiding in Ennis two years ago in the league. We gave them a hiding in Navin last year in the league. But this year the gap is only five points. So they have narrowed the gap on us. They have learned a lot about our players over the last couple of years. And the, the last thing Mead supporters can do is go down to Port Leash on Sunday with any kind of complacency because the players won't the players are hurting from last Sunday against Dublin yeah they, is they it, had, is a, it, they had is a week is it the perfect is it the perfect game um, for the pick me up because going in against Tyrone or Mayo um, you know division one opposition uh, having not played them too often in the last number of years obviously Tyrone last year but Mayo has been a while since we played them and whatever so a team that you know and the team that you know you're better than is that the perfect game to come back in after losing to Dublin in the manner that we did now they played well against Dublin just didn't have the shooting boots it's hard to know because last year we were all in Pierce Park and Longford and we put in a poor performance Yeah, and very few people seen the performance coming that we gave against Tyrone Sometimes when you get the more glamorous opponent, it forces you to raise your game because True. it's True. nearly the fear factor. If I don't do this, what's going to happen? Without not being disrespectful to Clare, that factor may not be there when you play a Clare. Yeah. So it's look. Hindsight's going to tell us everything. Come four o'clock on Sunday, we'll know whether they're the perfect opponent or not. To me, they're a very dangerous opponent because there may be have the players there that can hurt you and they're very talented around the middle of the field with two exceptional fielders yeah. but the interesting thing there is Gary Brennan actually lined out last Saturday on the 40 
So yeah, they're, was, they're obviously he, trying something different. Play him on the 40 and let him come deep into midfield for the kickouts. Yeah, and, 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 and Malone goes from wings f- forward to midfield as well for the throw-ins. Mm. They've got a few little different things um, that, they, that they do. And, and obviously with Gary Brennan going to centre-forward, he's, he's a fine, fine footballer. David Rispin, mm. um, uh, Brian Kelly just saying how dangerous they are. You know, they beat a, a, a Leitrim side only in round two by 317 to 17 points again Gary Brennan that day he scored 1-5 or 2-2 I don't know Mm. he scored something phenomenal uh, wearing number 9 in his back maybe he lined out at centre back uh, against Leitrim as well but then they come on on and beat Westmead 113 to 15 they were hanging on at the end of that game but that has to breed confidence into them and and then when you look as well at the scorers from from the last day um, for Clare you had Gary Brennan scoring one three, um, Carl O'Connor, uh, Sean Donoghue and Owen Cleary, uh, oh, sorry, Owen Cleary had seven points three them freeze. Now Gary Brennan's was all from play one three from play, uh, Owen Cleary seven points three from freeze. Jamie Malone wing forward one two, um, and goes out to midfield as well for the throw-ins. Um, Gavin Cooney, David, Tor- sorry, David Tuberty had five points, two of them from freeze, and uh, a goal coming from. Uh, uh, Evelyn Courtney off the bench, um. So, j- just looking at it, you know, they've they've big men putting in big scores. Yeah. And, and did did you watch the highlights against? Yeah, West I, I seen them, and I thought Malone Jesus Malone Christ. was very dangerous yeah. running from deep, and as you said, he kind of drops into midfield, and he he would remind you probably, you know, maybe in yesteryears of uh, Graham Riley when he was in his pomp. You know, this mm-hmm. run from deep and just kind of can hit scores on on the run from distance kind of so casually um, and that's something we'll have to look out for but I think I think we have to focus on ourselves and I know Brian was saying that sometimes when we're not playing a bigger op- opponent you know you have a tendency to kind of fall back and think but for me this this is Mead's biggest game since the 2010 Leinster final it's like it's not just no disrespect it's not Longford in the first round of the Leinster or it's not even Tyrone in the first round of the qualifiers. It's Clare for a place in the Super 8s. We haven't been in the, the equivalent of the Super 8s, yeah. you know, in what, 12 years, is it? Or 10 years? 2010. Yeah, 2010, sorry. So nine years. So I'd suggest it's it's, it's the biggest game we played since Loud. Obviously, we blew the Kildare game, but... Um, when was the last time we'd run another in the semi-final? 2009. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 10 years, so... Um, in that sense, it, it's a huge game, so it shouldn't be a problem getting the lads up for it. I, I'd be surprised if it was. Like they'll look at this and they'll see it as a huge opportunity. Sure, they'll respect the the opposition, and and rightfully so. You've mentioned it. It doesn't really matter who you're playing. Once a team comes through the qualifiers, they have momentum, and I don't think a team has actually lost a Leinster final and won the fourth round of the qualifiers since I think about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Yeah, and I which think- which is. A, you know, it's a remarkable back statistic. Then, back then, you only had a week to prepare. Yeah. Um, and they've changed that. The, the, mm. It used to be, you used to lose your provincial final. Yeah, it was, was a six-day six six, six six turnaround. turnaround. Yeah, so this is only the second year, the two-week thing. So yeah. it, it should stand to me, hopefully. But um, Huge carrot mm. at the end of the day as well. To go mm. into a group. First of all, Mead will be playing Division One football next year, as we all know. Mm. Um, and to get into the Super 8s, you'll be playing against three Division One teams in... Yeah. Uh, in your group so you'll be playing against Duddy Gall the first game if Mead do qualify if Mead do qualify for the Super 8s Mead will be definitely playing Duddy Gall away in um, in yeah. I don't think it's Bally Buffet it's in um, Mc, uh, McCool Park it's is it? Bally Buffet 
Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> so it's Bally Buffet. Yeah. So Donegal away in the first round um, in Bally Buffet. The second game will be in Crow Park and it'll be against either Galway or Mayo, the winner of that game, um, will be in our uh, group as well. And then your final game is Kerry. And I just look over at you and you've got a very similar jersey out in Courtown. I wish we had similar the, players. The, the old, <laughs> <laughs> you, should have said, you should have said we do have. Um, but Kerry, uh, inviting Kerry to Navin yeah. for, for your last round Super 8s game. Like... Uh, the carrot in this is huge going into the Super 8 and then going into Division mm. 1 next year the progress these, what what I I think is that if those boys just get in and play the Super 8s and get a taste mm. of what it's like they will want to go on and do better again next year and get to Division 1 and stay in Division mm. 1 because that's where it's all happening absolutely and, and I think for us we've had Andy has clearly outlined three goals at the start of the year. Promotion from Division 2, yeah. Leinster Final yeah. and tick, Super 8. And, and pending. Tick, tick and pending, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but if them three goals are achieved, right, and we do get into the Super 8s and we're looking forward this time next week to a game against Donegal and then the other two games, like we're talking bonus territory, right? Completely. We're not expected to even raise a game canter against any of those three teams if we're realistic no one's going to give us a chance no but we put it up to Donegal twice, twice already yeah, this no, year absolutely I'm not saying we won't do but for us we can go in and actually express ourselves That's and it. play without any without sort of fear. pressure like yeah. let's be honest we have a lot of pressure on us this weekend because we're expected to beat Clare yeah. no matter what way you well, look at it well if you don't win against Clare you're yeah. not in the Super 8 of course Whereas when you get in and you play Donegal you can say right yeah. let's go with them because we still have two more games to go. We owe them one. Mm. Let's have a go with them. And, and Stephen Bray was on LMFM yesterday. Brilliant uh, interview. Yeah, you've heard it. And he mentioned the Division 1 aspect of it. And he says, with all due respect, you don't want to go into uh, Division 1 next year having bet Division 3 teams and probably lost to Clare, who are a Division 2 yeah. team or whatever, for league next year. Whereas, if we beat Clare this weekend, we're going in, as you said, against three top Division 1 teams you know where you stand exactly uh, by the end of the Super 8s you're either in an All-Ireland semi-final mm. or your your championship is over but regardless, you know the standard yeah. you need to get to for next exactly. year you're going to learn so much from yeah. them three games regardless if you win lose them or draw, or they, draw all, those all three, three games are invaluable you of course can't they put are, a yeah. price on them if me don't get to the Super 8s they're going into the um, Division 1 next year cold you're going in the unknown really. yeah, we, we, we don't know because we haven't played them Baron Dublin cold. in the Leinster final that's our only kind of barometer to go off so Brian Kelly, looking looking at it, um, wonderful fixtures, and of course you're you're part of the county board. I know you're the minor county board, but Kieran Flynn is not here to represent the uh, the the county board uh, as the PRO. But like um, to have Kerry coming to Navin again, if Mead can be, beat Clare, would just be phenomenal to see. You know, two of the kingpins of uh, of Gaelic football. You know, Mead had their. Eighties uh, and nineties, we dominated football. Kerry had the seventies, and they had the they were big in the noughties, and you know it's it, it, they they would be two well known powerhouses coming to get up against each other. It's not too often that we get to play Kerry anymore as well. No, like the last time we played Kerry in the championship was the All Ireland semi final in two thousand and nine. We all remember Colin Cooper's dive, which cost us the match. But look, we're not better. We're not going to get into that. Um, like. <laughs> My family are Monaghan and I seen the Clonus last year 
Dublin co- or Kerry come to Clonus they first time ever. didn't see much at Clonus this year so mm. they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the, didn't go well for them. And the, and the, <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't go too badly. Um, Under our bed. <laughs> they're seeing it again next weekend. <laughs> but they won't be seeing it for the rest of the year even though under 20s they're gone. But that's a side issue anyway. <laughs> uh, like, Kerry coming to Clonus last year was huge for Monaghan football. Huge. Yeah. The possibility of seeing Kerry coming to Park Tolchin on the August Bank Holiday weekend, it's massive. Potential like, shootout. It could be, you know. You have um, David Clifford, James Donahue, Sean O'Shea, like the aristocrats of the GEA. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> Just said you're the aristocrats of the GEA, Mickey. you got to be listening. <laughs> but like, they're coming to Navin. If, that, if there was anything riding on that match, should we make the Super 8s? Like, it'd be huge. Massive. Like, Park Tolchin would be a sellout. The atmosphere would be electric. The pubs would be thronged. There'd be a buzz around the town. Navin wouldn't have seen it for years. You'd have to cement behind the goals either end as well as so they would before that game. Ash, <laughs> <laughs> look at 80,000 on the grass field and slain. <laughs> and nobody a few, fell. A few thousand on the grass, <laughs> yeah. Mike and Navin, sure, like, we'll help and safety, we'll turn a blind eye to it. <laughs> Obviously, he's joking, we can't do that, and we don't condone uh, turning a blind eye to health and safety. But, um, like, there is a massive... My point is, is that this Clare game, um, there's a massive carrot being dangled in front of of these mead players at well, the moment and if if ever there was a chance for them to go do you know what feck the result against Dublin feck it do you know what I mean we we did it we did our best we we just it just wasn't good enough on the day we you know on another day maybe it'd be different and maybe just say right let's get ourselves together for this Clare game let's give it a massive massive effort let's go out and blow them away as best as we can and then prepare for the Super 8s. It's a, it's a huge, huge carrot. Like if we hit the Super 8s, it has the potential to be huge for the next generation of meat footballers yes, coming completely. through. You're 8, 9, 10, 12-year-old going to the games, seeing you playing three Division 1 teams in July and August, seeing you playing seven Division 1 teams next year. Well, here's some there's 10 games in a row where you'd be playing the cream of the crop. I know you're saying about the 8 and 9-year-olds and the 10-year-olds and the whole lot, the likes of this under twenty team that we have coming right behind them, and your Keen uh, Keen McBrides from Cortown St Dalton Gales, and uh, no, but like you know what I mean, and all all these uh, young lads that are that are coming through from you, you've named mm. them out already there from from the team, like to to see that oh hang on a second, when when I'm finished under twenties, I'm not going to be playing against the Division 3 or Division 2 teams of the National Football League, I'm going to be playing in Division 1 with a chance of winning the Sam Maguire. Like, that's... For, for, you don't even have to go down as far as the 9s or 10s. But to keep the interest in, in all those under-20s and minors that are coming behind, it's massive as well. Oh, it's massive. And to keep fellas knocking around to keep fellas on the panel you have to be hitting that level mm-hmm. you look around the country fellas tend to drift away to America when their team isn't successful or isn't hitting the top tier of football or isn't winning five in a row like Terry yeah, yeah a lot of them do try to go over to America and sometimes they get refused <laughs> you know these, and, p- and, pity, and pity about them. It is what it is. <laughs> these, <laughs> these visas can be very tricky. Yeah, he should have stuck with Mastercard. Well, he who shall not be named. 
Anyway. Sean Duggan from Manalby. <laughs> he didn't stop. He actually got over, would you believe? That says it all. <laughs> the opposition teams wasn't to be ejected to him. <laughs> what opposition teams? <laughs> but, um, like, you know... Um, Apart from apart from what I was saying is apart from the, the, the younger generation, it it's the immediate generation coming behind who will be the the um the heroes of those eight and nine year olds as well if they're playing constantly against division one footballers. So the minors, the under sixteens and that under twenty team, for them to have something just around the corner, you know, so that they go and they finish their under twenties this year and whatever and they go, well, what is their next? Oh, Division two football and one or two rounds in the Leinster and that's it. Yeah. You know, to turn around and go, hang on, we've got division one football and we've got a shot at the Super 8s nearly guaranteed every and year. And we're back at the top table. We're back at the top table. Like, it's a massive, It's been massive. a long, long time since me football was at the top table, really. Like, and to stay in tier one of the championship as well. To stay in tier one of the championship. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, coming. That is coming. So it was Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, that tier two but, will uh, come. Just another thing, actually. Um, not just that, but to shove it down the throats of the people who have absolutely wrote us off, both inside and outside the county. I was just going to say, when you said that, especially the ones who yeah. dogged our mead team yeah. last And, like, th- let's be honest about it. Th- there was people from inside the county, which was I, I wouldn't really mind the people outside the county because they're just going by what to see against... Dublin, but so are a lot of people inside the county too. Do you exactly. know? Um, so they're going to have another chance. I believe the game is live in RT, so I don't expect them to travel to Port Leash, but no doubt they'll be looking and and you know ready to start typing whatever they will after, or maybe not typing at at all. But I just think for the Mead lads who who are there at the minute, it's a huge opportunity for them to showcase exactly what we're about. Look, would be we know we kind of didn't show it in in an attacking sense really against Dublin, but. Uh, this is a really good opportunity to redeem ourselves and to to achieve something that I'd I'd suggest is pretty special considering where we've come from in in the last couple of years. We won't try and pick the team, but um, we'll have a look at maybe a couple of matchups that might happen because there are some big names on that uh, clear team that will need to be marked. Looking at the last day, um, uh, Andy McEntee. Continued with his uh, un, uh, unpredictable way of uh, using players and stuff. And um, Sean Kern and uh, Thomas McGovern both came in against Dublin. Um, Graham Riley got a start. You know, it's, it's too hard to try and pick the team. But what we could do, we know there are certain players who definitely play, but we'll try and get some matchups. So I suppose, first of all, Brian Kelly, you know, the man that you look at for Clare is Gary Brennan. Who goes in Gary Brennan? I think if Para Carnan is fit, and if I think he starts if he's fit, and if he's at centre-back and Brennan goes to centre-forward and Harnan is well capable of doing a job on him, because he'll give Brennan something to think about bombing forward as well. Now, if Brennan lines out in midfield, you're looking at Brian Menton to pick him up which offers a different task for Menton. You're probably not going to outfield Brennan too often. So it's trying to break the ball. And that's where you if need your half gonna, forwards and your half backs working like dogs. If you're not going to outfield them, would you not be better off just, you know, sacrificing? Why Why would you put 
I'm just playing devil's oh, yeah. advocate. Why would you put Brian Fenton or Brian Menton on him when you know you need Brian bombing forward for us? You need him doing something for us. At the, so like put a man marker on him just to take him out of the game. You know. Well, if he goes to midfield, their other midfielder is um, Cahill O'Connor. Like so, they're two big, big men. Yeah. So realistically, Menton is probably going to be picking up one of them. Yeah, but he'd, he'd have a better chance. He'd have better chance of. Uh, Winning ball against O'Connor, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you Getting can you can also say hammer to hammer. If Menton got on top of Gary Brennan, yeah, that's that's a huge thing too. Like I know that's a favorite phrase of Tomas O'Shea, hammer to hammer. Like go after their strongest man and try and not just nullify him, but have him trying to nullify your man. Yeah, I think I one thing I think about Gary Brennan is he fa- as I said, like he's a fabulous footballer. I don't think he'd mark. I think he, he cheats a little bit. Um, and will hang out around the middle. Now he's a fabulous fielder of a ball, as we know, but he's a fabulous kicker of a ball as well. And he once he gets going and he opens up them legs, like and he's a massive kick. He can score from 50, 60 yards. The one of the points he got against Westmead, mm. kicked it from the sideline, running up the fucking sideline with the ball, mm. like so. Um, you know, I just, uh, I I think he cheats. So you're saying about trying to get him. Hammer to hammer and, and trying to get him going back the other way. But see, if he, he won't, if he doesn't track and Menton is on the ball, well, suddenly there's a scoring midfielder that we have, yeah, who's not been picked up. Maybe they'll give they, they'll give I don't know a sweeper the job of of picking Brian Menton up when he goes past a certain area. Potentially, but then yeah. once that still leaves us with a free player, so you you look for the advantages anywhere you can, and I think that if. Brennan goes midfield, I think Menton will pick him up and I'd be very confident Menton will not just nullify him, but he'll do a job on him. Cool, cool. Uh, David, uh, again, I'm just playing uh, David's oh, yeah. advocate. I'm going to do the same to David. David Tuberty, um, bit of a gold machine. McGill can do a job on him. Um, but, you know, but is, is this the perfect storm for, for, for McGill? Like, he's been exceptional. I, I know he has, mm. but... You know, is this the perfect storm for him just to yeah, really I, take a Tuberty out of the game? I think um, Niall McNamee is probably a similar enough player to David Tuberty. Wouldn't mm. be blessed with pace, but very skillful and very uh, intelligent player. And and McNamee did give McGill a hard time for it, which I think McGill will learn a lot from because McGill as a fullback nowadays wouldn't come up against the likes of a David, David Tuberty type player every day as a full forward. What I mean by that is that you know, he is a real kind of old school full forward. He he kind of holds the position. He drifts in and around. He doesn't deviate too much from his kind of full forward berth, which I, which I think suits McGill because I think sometimes when McGill comes out the field, he obviously is a great man to burst out from defence with the ball. But when we, we do miss him and we do kind of have that gap or that hole in, in the full back line when he's, when he's gone. So... I'd be happy enough to keep him there. I wouldn't be switching anything around there. Tuberty, Tuberty's a big, big man, a ball yeah. winner, as you said. You know, his he he will get your goals. Like his goal against Westmead was from a poor kick out. It, it, it was it was exactly. It was just an opportunist. It was goal. a brilliantly, brilliantly taken the yeah. taken goal. He just slotted it underneath the goalkeeper and rolled it into the net. So he's a finisher. Mm. So. The one thing is, he he he's he's a ball winner, so he's he's the focal point of that full forward line, yeah. and he has players coming off him. Yeah. So, like 
will that suit Miguel? Will Miguel be able to mark him from in front or will Miguel be able to, able to out-jump him? Well, Brian's just after pointing out this and I, I kind of had a good idea that he roasted him, Miguel roasted him in the league game and he only got a point from a free in the league mm-hmm. match. Um, so I, I wouldn't have any issues there. I do I do agree with you and he's a real selfless player, uh, Tuberty. He, he will create space for other forwards, which is not Miguel's job to, you know, jump ship and try and run after Jamie Malone or, or Cleary or, or whoever it is. But it's up to the other guys to match their runs. But if McGill can keep Tuberty quiet, you know that's all he can really do. It's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one because it is it is the 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 it is the ideal scenario. You know you can't take away from it when you look at the qualifiers. There was only three teams that me could get from the uh, from the group, from the four teams. They couldn't get Leash obviously. They could have got Tyrone. They could have got Mayo. And they could have got Clare. And they got Clare, um, and. It's, I feel, you know, if you were down after losing to Dublin uh, as a Mead footballer and you looked and you went, oh God, look at the qualifiers last night and you went, right, we can't get Leash. So we've only got a 33% chance of getting Clare. We're more than likely going to get Tyrone or Mayo. Mm. That is what, I feel it's not what they needed after losing to Dublin in the manner that they lost to Dublin because, you know, their, their, their display against Dublin definitely deserved more on the scoreboard sure, than yeah. it ended up. And they've, as we said, the the abuse on social media, the uh, the abuse online, the, the keyboard warriors and all these forums and on all these social network sites as well. And just the, the general abuse from people who who didn't look at the game properly or, or maybe only looked at the result, didn't even look at what happened in the game and, and, and without and abuse these players. So I think that they would have been so down going into the into the uh, qualifiers, uh, the draw, looking at it going, <laughs> you know, the, the, the scenarios that there were. But they've got the perfect scenario. And it's kind of, as you said already, beating them well in the last couple of years this year, made tough work of it but still were professional and got the result against there so I think it's a I think it's a really big confidence booster in one way it's not ideal because you're you're playing against division 2 team again so you've played what is it 3 division 3 teams and and a division 2 team to get into the super 8s as you said I think earlier on so ideally it's not but you still want to be in the Super 8 speed against a Division 3 or a Division 1 team that you, you get you get there. Exactly, and I think if you offered um, if you offered Cavan the game or if you offered uh, Galway, you know, the game, yeah. or, or Mayo or whoever it is, um, who would you pick? You're obviously going to pick Clare. And I know people are saying Clare probably would have picked us as well, and that's fine. I don't really mind that because, again, that's people looking at the scoreline and saying, oh, Jesus, me, they only scored four points. But as you said, that really doesn't tell the tale of the tape. But um, I think I agree with you in the sense that we've had two weeks. I think the first week would have been a huge job to lift the lads and, and to try and get their minds right and kind of back into the swing of things. But this morning uh, would have been that morale or that confidence boosting boost for them to, to get to hear the draw. I'm sure they were all listening in, players and management alike and supporters, obviously. And everybody's after getting a lift from us. You know, yeah. everyone's after kind of saying, you know, now now we have a realistic chance of achieving Super 8 football. Had we got Tyrone or Mayo, yeah, we, we, we would have fancied a crack at them, but 
realistically, would we have been as confident as we are now? Without being cocky, would you have been as confident? No, of course you wouldn't. You're playing a good Division 1 side. Yeah. Um, you're playing a... You would have went in as underdogs against uh, yeah. uh, against Mayo or... or well, or I was just... I, I, again, I, I was just kind of looking at the the way the bookies had kind of split it last night for betting on the Super 8s, and I think we were the second uh, least favourites to, to get in along with Clare. Tyrone in as one to four, four to one on to, to get into the super eights, and they're still very similar. I think they're one to three and one to four to beat Cavan. Now we've gone into one to two, yeah, to two to Claire. one on, yeah, yeah. To, to actually beat Clare and get in. So that that shows you the importance of the draw. Whereas had we got one of the bigger teams, we still would have been down there with Clare. So look, it it it, it is what it is, but it's a fantastic opportunity, and I think uh, I think the lads will relish it. Yeah, I'm just looking through Twitter as we're talking there, and there's a. a, a like the change in people's uh, 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 messages and and, and ad- ad- attitude on, on Twitter is absolutely brilliant. And uh, some people have given out there that uh, the only game that's not on TV is Cork and Leash, um, which is not going to affect us at all. But there's great, great support online um, for for this um, uh, Mead team. Um I suppose there's not much more we can say about it, Brian Kelly. You'll be probably in uh, Park Tolchin tomorrow night or in Dungani where um, the Mead team will be training. And I'm sure at that stage you'll see what the buzz is like with the team. Yeah, well, um, by all accounts, at training on Saturday afternoon, they were flying. Um, yeah, it probably did take them a few days to get over the result against Dublin. The result more so than the performance because huge parts of the performance were very good. But you you'll see the difference now mm. uh, fr- from when the draw was taking place this morning when you go in tomorrow night and you see you'll be able to see from their demeanour like you know what's what what, what way they've they've uh, reacted to this um, to, to this draw of getting clear. Yeah, they're gonna look when they go in tomorrow night. They're gonna look at it and they'll say seventy minutes of a performance. The last couple of times we played Clare, we've beaten them. We know what they're about. We know we're well able to beat them. So that's going to give them huge confidence. That's going to see them going in with an extra pep in the step all week. As an official, are you looking forward to going into seeing them tomorrow night training? Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the you like know. this this time last year we were gone. We were out of the championship. Long gone. Like going in tomorrow night, we've four games potentially. Mi- Potentially four games before in the next month. I just realised. Why, why wouldn't you look forward to it? I just realised something. Mead win against Clare. When is the championship going to start again? The club championship. But the one certain players excel against certain teams, and certain players excel when their back is to the wall. And Killian O'Sullivan is a player I'm really looking forward to seeing this weekend. In the league game against Cavan uh, or Clare two years ago, he scored two goals. The game in Ennis this year, he scored three points. They just seem to be a team who he does really well against. And if we remember, when the back was to the wall against Donegal two years ago, Tyrone last year, he was one of the men who stood up, who nearly dragged us over the line. Yeah, He probably will be the first to admit... Did, was he, he not ha- the one who, who won that free that was never a free? Was that Killian? Or was that James? Or maybe it was James, was it? Was Against Tyrone last year, the free that was never a free. James. I think it was James, James. yes. Yeah. But he's, 
he's a player who I think he's going to thrive this week. He's going to drive the team on. He's one of the leaders. You might not, you mightn't hear from him too much because he doesn't give that many interviews. But he's a player who's going to really look at this. Probably say I haven't performed at the level that I'm capable of in the last couple of games. But there's a big game in him, and I think we're going to see it this weekend. I think he's he's going to light our park up. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, looking down at Shane Riley already has his tickets, lads. Um, got them, and he's he's. Again, he's telling everybody where you can get them. You can get them at tickets.ie, ga.ie, Dungani, Super Value Stores, Jaxi Kiernan's and Trimgate Street. Absolutely brilliant. He is uh, really... He's a, he, I actually know him. He's a, gr- he's a great lad. Yeah. Loves me, GA. Loves the podcast too, which is <laughs> which is also very good. But um, that's, that is that is the kind of optimism we need from our supporters. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Um, and the rallying. And we're going to need them. Like, Let's be honest about it. It's it's all well and good, and we're, we're kind of giving out about people, but we'd we'd love to see people actually getting to Portlaoise and supporting this this group and um, really rallying behind them now because people mightn't realise what we're on the verge of now. Um, well, Deck Dunn and Pat Collin have replied to Shane Riley as well mm. after he put up that yeah. tweet. Oh, um, two good, two, two great supporters. They're they, not the kind they're of getting their yeah. their tickets and whatever, but they're the real supporters. But, but, but they're, they're, they're we're trying. On, yeah, we're on. The, the the edge the cusp, of yeah. the cusp of something special you were going to say yeah we are of course and and I think people mightn't actually realise how good of an opportunity this is for mm-hmm. us we mightn't actually you, you never know what's going to happen in future years you might you might get stinkers or draws or you might just things might just go wrong for you on, on certain days we have an opportunity in a game that you know we can win and and you know people would expect us to win to go out there and actually stamp our authority all over it get the get the glory games against the big teams and as Brian was saying Kerry and Avon like it doesn't get any, any bigger, bigger than that really for us and uh, and you know what you know for all the years that we've had bad luck and draws mm, do you know what I mean yeah, last year Tyrone the year yeah. before Donegal yeah. you know and and each year we came away from those games. Even going, even, even Armagh, Tyrone, we've played several times. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking of the round four games that we've yeah. played in the last ten years. Kildare, like we we we've come up against teams that were just that little bit mm. better than us and whatever. And to go that we needed those teams needed to go another step. Yeah. To bring them on in development, but they were never able to get that little bit of luck. This is a team that are getting a small little bit of luck in the draw, not a whole pile of no, luck. No. And they need to grab it and take it. And it could transform Mead football like overnight. Overnight, yeah. Do you sure, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's how that's how big that game is. It could it could really transform it overnight that, you know, next year could be a massive year for Mead. I'm not saying that we're gonna start winning all Ireland's, but what I'm saying is that we'd be competitive again yeah. and that the confidence will be back. They get to play all these division one footballers. Um again, just going back to Twitter, Aaron Dunn. Uh, must be a Dublin supporter. He says, don't get too uh, excited and don't bring too much support, though, lads. Uh, leave a few hundred tickets for us, poor Dublin hurling supporters. Well, they're prop- they're proper supporters too. You know, you don't you don't mind seeing that either. Jared um, Goff, he, he's probably know. getting the bus from Ashburn, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting with Tom O'Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Jared Goff wants to know: Is the game 
pretty much confirmed or actually confirmed for the uh, weekend. You'd have to ask Kieran Flynn that. <laughs> we, we would ask Kieran Flynn, but um, his, his seat is looking very lonely without him. <laughs> Mickey, you have the arm around the seat just to... Yeah, to <laughs> in fairness, he does the arm around Kieran every week as well. So. I do, yeah, I do. And, and, and that's why it's here. I'm just looking down as well. Uh, Brian Kelly, that's the man in front of me to send out a tweet there. Celine Heaps... Um, yeah, she's right there. Um, <laughs> what did she say? Uh, we'll have to come back to that. Just check Twitter and we'll we'll uh, you'll see the retweet. Uh, St Dalton's just uh, as well tweeting us from uh, a competition they held a few weeks ago, um, and they said it was two thousand and eight. It was a picture of uh, the last player from St Dalton's, I think. To um, uh, it was Kevin Galligan wore the green and gold for Mead. Um, oh, sorry, it was just guess the year when uh, our current player, Kevin Galligan, wore the green and gold of Mead. So there was a picture up on Twitter, I think he was playing against Kildare, and it was 2008. And they were just confirming it. Um, I suppose, lads, looking at it, it's it's very exciting. Um, it's, would you rather be Mead or would you rather be uh, Cavan or Galway? You know, um, that's a rhetorical question. I'd yeah. never rather be from Calvin. No, <laughs> but the draws I'm on about. You know, yeah. Calvin of Tyrone, Galway have Mayo, we have we have um, we have Clare. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the bottom line, and people are urging on the side of caution, which I agree with. But you have to. If we're not going into this game confident, and if we don't, let's call a spade a spade. If we're not, if we can't beat Clare on on Sunday. We don't deserve to be in the Super 8s. Let's, let's be honest about it. But we have this opportunity now to, to be what's in front of us and then get the reward of playing the, the quality opposition, which are going to come down the tracks. And we'll worry about that when we get it. But until we beat Clare and, and put in a performance you know, worthy of getting us to the Super 8s, we'll start worrying about what's ahead then. But for now... Let's let's just get behind. Enjoy the week. You know it's great to have a build up like this to to a game and get to, get to Port Leash and support the lads. Absolutely. And again, another word for Mags Guinan, who uh, is ready to take anybody's spot on this Flynn, podcast. Flynn has to go, yeah. yeah, well, Kieran Flynn is not here, so yeah. I wonder what's our knowledge like on Harlan. Yeah, probably better than his. Still, yeah. is still probably better than his. All right. Well, Mags Guinan, who who predicted the four teams that would uh, qualify. Um, from last weekend's so her round predictions three. are better than Flynn well, as well. She, she predicted. She predicted we get Mayo. I think, she did she? predict yeah. me, and she said she came back, but she was delighted that we, she <laughs> yeah, didn't. She was wrong, yeah. Um, and uh, I think was it Sarah Jane Seymour from yeah, Dunshockland from Dunshockland as well. Uh, had a good tweet. There was somebody else had a great tweet. Um, as well, I I, I can't. I was I just looking for. No, it wasn't yours. Definitely not. I said it was a great tweet. I was looking for... Not, not a prolific tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for, for it. That's why I went on. But somebody put up a, a, a great um, uh, little piece and it was saying how, look, we've been lucky enough to get the inverted commas easier part of the draw or easier uh, end of the draw but our lads have to take it by take it uh, by the scruff of the neck they have to give it everything they cannot go in complacent you have to they remember yeah. Claire are also looking at their pro- development and their progression and how they could get to the Super 8s to play those three teams so um, we, as long as our Mead lads don't take this game for granted and go out and give it their all that's all we ask and if that's not enough 
so be it. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it is a, it is a great chance. Uh, there's no other. There's no other. Um, there's no point in going through anymore the uh, the matchups or trying to pick the team. I'm guessing it's going to be Andrew Colgan, Seamus Lavin, Conor McGill, and Shane Gallagher in the full back line, and then it's anybody's guess. <laughs> After that, it's anybody's guess, really. So it is. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I, Donald Kogan will play, yeah. but where? Um, Brian, uh, Brian Menton will play. He'll be midfield. That's actually Mickey Newman will be full forward. M- will he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I wouldn't bet on it. Oh, oh. I would. <laughs> Go on, have a bet, lads. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. So like, there uh, is. I'm an all talk. You're you're an all talk. But um, I suppose look, what, what we want to do now at this stage is we want to wish the the whole panel the best of luck. Um, against Clare. Um, this could be a long and exciting summer, lads, and uh, it all boils down to a game. Next Sunday, 2pm, Portleash, O'Moore Park, Mead versus Clare, round four of the qualifiers. Oh, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. I suppose, lads, before we finish up, is there any other business from the Minor County Board by Brian Kelly? Uh, not so much the Minor County Board, but there's a few bits and pieces that we should probably just give a quick mention to. Uh, the, we mentioned the Mead under 20 footballers are playing tomorrow night. The under 20 hurlers play loud in Daver on Wednesday. These lads won the All Ireland minor B, minor B yeah. two years ago, so they've a cracking outfit. The legendary Sean Bylan is a selector with the team. Like he obviously sees something in them when he's going in on the sideline with them. Mm-hmm. So hopefully supporters get behind them as well. Um, at half time in Park Talchin tomorrow night, the St Alton's girls who won their division at Fela will be introduced to the crowd and possibly the Dunbine boys on the fourteen team. We're just waiting on them to confirm their availability. Oh, they'll beep the horns as they're going driving out through court out to get home tomorrow night, so they will. <laughs> there's, there's much court well, out there, but <laughs> it, ju- it just shows the one parish they row together and they win an All-Ireland title. The possibilities are endless, Davey. Absolutely endless. they just take it on board. At, at, Come on, lads, we're getting on We're just... Uh, after playing in the Leinster final on Sunday, the mid senior, the mid ladies players are back in action this week for their clubs. I'll just very quickly run through some of the fixtures in the Mesita Senior Championship. Simonson play host to St Michael's, and um, that's a tough one for Tom Simon O'Connor. Intermediate champions. Uh, then Dunboyne host St Ultons at half seven. Nafina play Oldcastle in Baconstown at eight, and Boardsmill take on Centralstown at eight pm. In the Intermediate Championship, Clannagale host Dunsany and Rakarn at 8. Royal Gales play Dunhamore Ashburn at 8 o'clock. D Rangers play Summerhill and Sydney at 7.45. And St Column Kills play Rathout at 8pm. And very quickly we'll give the Junior A fixtures. Mine Alvey host to League Bellyston at half 7. O'Mahony's and St Pat's is to be confirmed. Um, I'm sure that won't be played until after uh, Mrs Leahy's funeral. And Mylock hosts Screen at 8pm. Excellent. So uh, the girls, with no time uh, to lick their wounds, getting straight back onto the horse and playing club championships. So well done to all the ladies um, um, getting back out into the championship and the run of things uh, this week. Um, David Risbon, um, our Courtown correspondent, um, <laughs> have you any more business? Um, uh, just to, yeah, I'd like to wish our, our under 12 team... Um, St. Ultons and Cortown Gales I had to think of the new name for them but uh, the 
people would probably better know them as St. Cuthbert's. St. Cuthbert's, yeah. yeah the artists formerly known as St. Cuthbert's. Yeah, they are, exactly. <laughs> so they're in the under-12 Division 2 final this Wednesday night against Trim in Dundry at quarter to seven. And it's a, it's a really, um, you know, big, big occasion for the club. We wouldn't, um, in the last probably 10 to 15 years, have been open the divisions even at that grade you know God, so when I was growing up it was yeah they were winning they were winning minor titles at division yeah. one but so Cuthbert Simons and Oldcastle from, yeah. from I was under 12 were the three big teams and you know those days have long gone but it's great to see that you know this under 12 team and hopefully we can build on it um, just as well a word we, we've we've spoken about it off air as well the Mead Juniors they are scheduled to play this weekend uh, but there is no mention of a fixture yet I'm led to believe that they won't play three games in Port Leash on the one day Yeah. so hence why the they can't agree on, on the venue to be Port Leash. So there is a possibility, I think, that the game might be pushed out by a week. Um, now that, again, is to be That's the All-Ireland semi-final against, against Galway. Galway. Yeah, so it's, it's madness to think of. It's going to be Monday, Tuesday, tomorrow, and an All-Ireland semi-final, and they have no fixture, even though the game is meant to be this weekend. But look, it, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. So um, that's all for me. Yeah, um, Hairstraw? Yeah, actually... <laughs> we'll give Kieran Flynn a little kick as well. He he did the hurler of the week last week, a uh, hurl of the competition. So Jack Regan won that for the for his uh, performance. Christy Ring was it? Yeah, yeah performance. Um, he won it quite comprehensively. So he'll get a ticket to the house draw. And I think the football one will be this week in the build up. Sorry, to can you use the name the new name? Ticket for the house party draw. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Joe. I was like, "What did I do now?" <laughs> but uh, the football one will be this week in build up to the to the, obviously to the big Super Eight game this Sunday. So there'll be a Leinster Championship Mead player the uh, competition. So keep an eye out on Twitter to to vote for your favorite. I think there'll be three or four nominees, and again, the winner will receive um, a ticket to the house draw. Excellent. Um. So I guess. That's it. Again, we want to advise people again. Uh, it's something that's working in, uh, of late is past the pod. Um, and it was David Rispin who... Uh, Gary brought, Kine, in fairness. Gary Kine, he passed it to on, yeah. David Rispin. Yeah. David Rispin. That's how it works. It. Exactly. He passed it to you and you passed it to us. And now we're passing it on to the listeners and we're hoping the listeners will pass it on. And normally he passes to David Rispin and he gives something away. So <laughs> he hasn't played in about five years, so he doesn't give me too many passes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and even when he was playing, he didn't. <laughs> In fairness, he, there was a reason for that. <laughs> uh, no. He's a wise man, a yeah. super guy. So, what, what, again, we just want to say thank you to everybody who listens. And again, pass the pod. If there is uh, somebody out there you think... Um, would be interested in listening to the podcast who love GAA, uh, your dad, your mom, and think set it up on their um uh, on their phone. If you've got an iPhone, you just go into uh, podcasts and you can set it to download them, and it will give them a notification. You can do the same with um Android phones and whatever. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, we're on. Uh, iTunes. Uh, iTunes we're on Google Podcasts we're, you can find us anywhere just again find the link send it to someone um, you'll also find Flynn in the in the palace on a Saturday night yeah it? exactly and he'll tell you where to download it, well that's it exactly and you can just hand him your phone and he'll he'll sort that out for you so no, as well don't hand him the phone yeah hand whatever him the you phone. do do not hand him the phone I think you should hand him the phone but anyway again we want to thank you all for following us on Twitter on Facebook on Instagram uh, watching our, uh, our, our as well we have a few posted on LinkedIn and thanks for liking them and sharing them uh, Brian Kelly 
Um, we will have the results of the quiz questions from last week on next week's podcast. We we, we might ho- do we might do it in social media. Yeah, we'll hold it over for another week. Ah, no, we, we won't hold it for a week. What we might do is we might throw them up on social media. Well, we just we didn't do it tonight because we don't have Kieran Flynn here. We want to yeah. make sure he gets his answers in so we can show how little knowledge he actually has. Exactly. So, uh, but we'll 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 get his answers off him or whatever. But we we'll try not to leave it the full week. That'll be two weeks and whatever. But we'll get it out on social media this week. The answers. Fairly, as a lot of people um, uh, d- did say, very, very tough questions, you know, unless you know the answer to a question that really is tough. And Brian Kelly, in fairness, I don't think you would have known the answers had you not uh, done all the research yourself. Wouldn't have had a breeze. Exactly. exactly, so that would tell you how hard they are. But have a guess. If you didn't um, if you didn't uh, answer the questions, have a guess. I'll give one clue. The most appearances since 2000... Um, he has an All Ireland medal in his back pocket. Oh, there you go. Um, and that should be fairly easy now. So it should after that. Um, so it could be schools, it could be county, but he has an All Ireland medal <laughs> in his back pocket. <laughs> it should narrow it down for our listeners. So that's it for this week, and uh, tune in next week when we will have a full review and exclusive interviews from uh, Port Leash, where Mead will take on Clare in the fourth round qualifier to get to the Super 8s. David Rissman will be down there getting our interviews. So again, we want to say thank you for listening to the pod and we are meet why it matters more.